Welcome to this week's episode of the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a true crime podcast about murder, about buildings collapsing, basically about anything that you just find absolutely horrifying in life. We're here to talk about it with you guys. And my name is Emma Sexton. I am the host of this podcast. And today I'm joined by... Reese Davis. Reese, I'm very excited to have you on the show because... It's be such a bad idea. <laughs> it's such a bad idea. Reese is one of the funniest people that I know. I like crude's a better word. <laughs> and I'm very excited because I feel like you have a natural like podcast personality because Ooh. you're very like easy to talk with. Well, you should just bring me on every week then. Uh, truly. I'll just be I mean, just you're already reactions. being such literally guys. So I had a last minute cancellation for someone who was supposed to be on the podcast tonight because they were like, ah, fraternities. And I was like, Fuck okay. Fuck and, <laughs> so then I was like, shoot, I don't know what I'm going to do. And like another fun fact right now is that we have people filming this for like a visual storytelling class at um, my school. It's so a baby doc. Yeah. It's like a little documentary type thing. So um, I was like, well, they have to have something to film. Like, what am I going to do? And then I was like, Reese and so I texted her and Ayo. I was like can you come on the podcast and she's like not till 10 and I was like okay fine we'll do it and she has to be up at 6 a.m tomorrow but she's still here filming so oh yeah I have no life or recording I should say not filming well actually today it's both. today it's, it's kind of I can't say I usually say um <laughs> I would always like in the beginning I was like yeah I do podcast because I have a face for radio but now, <laughs> <laughs> now we both do yeah no <laughs> now i'm just now we're here finally on i actually never can cons- like i just imagine that editing the video for a podcast would be such a pain like if you edit your because i already edit the podcast to take out all the um and uh of and course. all that stuff i say so like if i had to edit the video it would be disgusting looking the podcast i listen to regularly like just on my commute to la because i you know drive to la twice a week um, they started out just as a podcast, but then now they've been doing like video. Um, I haven't reached that's that part awesome. of the podcast, but I'm like, oh my god, that sounds like hell. W- wait, what's Watch it called? And that's why we drink. Oh, that's. You guess why I wanted to listen to. <laughs> I I feel like I've seen that on my Spotify. Like, oh, sp- it's great. They um, page. It's split up. Um, they talk about one girl talks about paranormal stories, and her the other one talks about true crime stories. Oh, and they are both hilarious. Both work in the TV business, um, and the one that does true crimes has a dog named Geo that's always on the show. That's amazing, and it makes the commute so much better. Have you ever listened to My Favorite Murder? I've listened to the first episode of it. I haven't. Okay. I've been obsessed with, and that's why we drink. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that, but I do. There is a definitely a big trend of like drinking in podcasts. I listened to this one podcast called Spirits, Ooh. which is a drunken dra- a drunken dive into myths and legends. So they basically talk about like Greek mythology and stuff like that. Sounds but like my they're, kind of podcast. They're all drunk. <laughs> so it's really like, it's very fun. And um, it's by like this podcast collective that I love to listen to. They have Ooh. like so much good stuff, but it's all like very, um, dare I say, nerdy topics. So there's That's like one it. on mythology, one on Harry Potter, Ooh. one on Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like Yay. it's very it's so fun though. Like I love listening to stuff. Yeah, it's no. a nice break from what my podcast is about, oh, which yeah. just makes you 
stress to the point of breaking if you do not like mm-hmm. i listen to paranormal and true crimes yep i can't listen to paranormal that's the one like i could talk about true crime all oh, day it long scares i me can't shitless especially when i'm driving home at night i'm like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> horrifying yeah, yeah i can't do because i guess the thing about paranormal so at least with true crime you're like oh there's a person which i understand and they did a thing which i do not understand but i do understand the concept of someone being crazy or like someone being having issues that make them act different from me but with paranormal stuff you're like there's no there's no rhyme or reason there's no like listening to this one the person who does paranormal explains the history of it and then it goes into the paranormal so you can understand like the spirits at least their reasoning unless you're like a skeptic then well that won't apply to you so do you like believe in ghosts and stuff I refuse to believe in ghosts because if I have to admit they're real, then it's a more horrifying world. Yeah. I'd rather just think I'm going to get murdered in my sleep than wake up to like a demon watching over me. Ignorance is bliss, right? Exactly. Um, But I did want to ask you. So there's a question I ask every single first time guest on this podcast. And that is just like, what's your knowledge of true crime? Like, how are you involved in it? Do you have any like creepy true crime stories from your past like that you've been involved in? Or just like, yes, I murdered someone. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> you heard it here first folks <laughs> no um no i don't really know much about true crime like i said i was on that one podcast um my closest connection to true crime was in my hometown this it's a famous story um this girl like went on vacation um i think in mexico or something maybe florida um big differences but you know and so she went so that night she went out to a bar um, and she met these guys. And so she told her friends, you know what, just leave me. I'll be fine. Yeah. So they leave her. Well, there's red flag one. Yeah, that's already a bad idea. Well, the next morning, she never came home. So they're calling her like, where are you at? And I think, well, I don't remember how many years passed, but they never found her. They knew the guy she was with did it, but they like never oh found a body. God. And I think it was my junior or senior year of high school. They finally found her. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, no, they all knew the boys did it, but they just, they had no evidence. Nobody, no evidence. That's horrifying. And so, yeah, that was, it was a girl from like my hometown, went to my high school. Oh and gosh. she was just like a few years older than me at the time. I think she was like 18 when it happened. Ugh, but that's so horrifying. Oh, no, it was horrifying. I'm like, <laughs> no spring break trip for me. Yeah. You know, it's funny because that's another, like, if you all you do is look at like true crime headlines and stuff, the most, um, I guess, the killers that everyone hears about are like Bundy and um, all these serial killers that don't know their victims. And it's like that nameless evil killer that comes for you in the night. But like in actuality, you're way more likely to get murdered by someone you know oh, than anyone else. Like I think it's like some crazy high number, but mostly it's like spouse to spouse. Like people just get upset I gotta find a tweet for you that makes me think of it. <laughs> makes you think of spousal murder? Yes, it's so funny. So what are I you watched, looking at on Twitter? I watch. Okay, give you some extra. So I watched this show called Winona Earp. Okay. Um, it's like this comedy show on sci-fi that follows this woman, Winona Earp, as she takes on her family's legacy of basically every guy that while every, um criminal that Wyatt Earp killed gets brought back and his descendants have to re-kill him. Ooh. So it follows her as Kinda she tries like to kill Pilgrim. all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the actress who plays is Melanie Scorfano and she's 
hilarious. And so whatever you think about spousal murder, she tweeted this one night. Oh, hashtag Dayline. Of course he killed his wife. Married couples don't go on romantic walks, romantic walks, in quotes, um, in the hills unless one of them ain't coming back. (laughs) That's so funny, but also so dark. Oh, my God. It's so dark, but it's, like, so true. You know, I just don't, like, I guess there was actually a case in Newport Beach, which is, like, super close to here. It's, like, what, 30 miles? Yeah. Um, I think, like, two months ago where this guy literally stabbed his girlfriend in the chest with, like, a giant machete. And he was like, oh, my God. She tripped over it and (laughs) stabbed herself. And he went into court pleading, like, not guilty for murdering his... Clearly, like, he, he clearly murdered her. Like, she was fully... Like, I think, actually, her throat was slit or something Ouch. and he was like yeah she just like fell in a weird way on my machete while we were having a fight and like it was a total accident yes i was like trying i was doing what's like the new trend right now the broom thing oh like the how like, they I was stand doing on their own the, i was doing the broom thing and she just <laughs> fell it was like balancing and she just fell on it no it it's was fine. the worst like i've heard a lot of excuses in my day for murder <laughs> but that was by far the laziest like that was just so like you could, really the old she tripped and fell <laughs> like come on hey do better. for someone probably yeah maybe like 80 years not 80 like 100 years ago when they didn't have dna well they More had like 100 DNA. years they ago just, when people didn't, didn't care about did. women yeah actually the man that was always right that's something i argue with about my parents because they're like ah the 80s were great i'm like no one cared about like yeah, they were because you were hot <laughs> i'm like no one cared about kids like missing kids until the 80s like truly it took so long till people started like giving a crap about their kids when did child labor laws come into town um let's see when is newsies place (laughs) when is newsies set 40s no i think think it's like the 1900s like early 1910s maybe it's um no because 20s they still worked they worked up until like great depression they still worked they worked through world war ii which was like the 60s so i think it was probably like 70s 80s yeah, because I, I was telling my mom, place. like, I feel like the first pushed, <laughs> this is also, as you will find, I reference John Mulaney so much. and he, <laughs> I reference Ali Wong, it's fine. He has this, another, like, thing where he he just goes, you know, when they started putting kids on milk crates, like, that was when they were finally like, hey, maybe we should start looking for some of these guys. <laughs> like, they just, no one gave a crap about missing people until, like, the 70s. It's just blows my mind still to like it's all the shrooms they were on they finally come to realizing oh kids are important yeah well it's actually interesting because a lot of people credit the manson murders for ending like the 70s era like of oh, what 100%. everyone thinks of like peace and love manson's and all that. insane there's your episode oh, manson's awesome uh i i wanted to do an episode on manson but it's just like my feelings are mixed about it because I really was always like, yes, the Manson girls are evil and like they need to be. But in they prison. weren't. They were manipulated. That's and what in I love th- with this dude. That's what I think now because I'm like, okay, if I was, well, I am 18, but I'm like, if I was 18 and like didn't know all this stuff about true crime and this like older guy who just got out of prison, I like slept with him and all this, and then I joined a cult. He was, like, like, Lord knows. Looking, I think. 
yeah lord knows what i would do and like i've seen all the interviews with them today and i'm like okay i could see like how regretful they are and stuff and like at but at the same time you can't look at these people whose like family members were brutally murdered and be like yeah you should feel sympathy for these people who've been in jail yeah exactly like sharon tate's sister still goes to every single parole hearing for those women and says like no we don't want them out of jail but you can't blame her for doing that i mean they murdered her pregnant sister like what cut out her baby I didn't know that part. No, her murder is so. Fu- if I re- know correctly, which I could be wrong, I'm sorry, Sharon Tate, if I'm wrong about your murder. But I think they killed her, and she was like very pregnant, and like she was eight they, months, I think. Yeah, they legit like cut out her baby. Yeah, see, that's where and, I'm like, like sliced her open, like tried to get it out. That's where I'm like, I see these women in these interviews, and I'm like, okay, I feel like they could have the possibility of being out on parole because they seem so normal now, and like they recognize everything they did wrong but they were in a cult and like brainwashed but at the same time you can't go to sharon tate's sister and be like well you should definitely just forgive these people because like you you can't ever forgive someone that does that to your family no you can't forgive someone but you also have to realize when it comes to this he was so manipulative and that personality is a drug yeah like when you're that controlled and obsessed with someone um and like they're so good at like conning you into thinking they love you too like, that addiction never goes away. It is yeah. a drug. And here's the thing. I mean, look at abusive relationships. A lot of them start that way, where it's like you just, you really, like, believe that you can change someone or that, like, they're still the person they were when you fell in love with them. But really, it's not, like, just PSA. If someone abuses you, it's not a good relationship to be in, no matter what. Like, Both mental and physical. physically. Like, just... Not a great relationship to be in, definitely. And my ex. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. It's just, like, I think people also don't realize how common it is if you look at also, like, emotional abuse. But it's also, like, one of those things. It can be so minor. It can be something of just, like, these, like, little things that you don't realize are, like, controlling and manipulative. Yeah, And then you're like, after. wait, holy shit, this happened. And you were, like, emotionally abused me. You know, fuck. I'm actually sorry, guys. We're kind of going on a tangent here, but you know what? This is like I I told you this was going to (laughs) happen before we started. I told her this is what's going to happen. We literally were talking for thirty minutes. I actually purposely picked a shorter case so that we could talk more at the beginning. (laughs) But you know, bring me back to the Manson. (laughs) I actually, actually, this is going back to what you said about not realizing that you've been through like a trauma almost. Um, I'm reading this really like interesting book called Talking to Strangers by malcolm gladwell oh, i've heard of it it's so good I highly recommend it guys if you're into like psychology at all and there's basically this whole part where he talks about um have you heard of the jerry sandusky case no so basically there's this guy who worked at um this university i think it was it was either michigan or wisconsin i believe or ohio one of those three but this big football school and basically this guy named jerry sandusky they realized that he like over the course of the time he worked there, he'd like sexually abused, I think, 30 young boys. At Harvey Weinstein. And just like, the thing is, no one had ever reported him. And so it was really hard to like, actually convict him of anything because there were cases where people that had accused him would go back to his house and like hang out with him and stuff. So no jury wanted to convict him. But they actually found like going through, when they actually sent the boys to like, therapy to talk to people they found out that a lot of them had repressed the memory of being sexually abused so much that they had completely 
forgotten that it even happened to them. No, my childhood that I'm not going to get into, a lot of those memories I have of just like trauma that wouldn't happen. Um, not like anything horribly bad like that. Um, a lot of it was repressed for years. Like yeah. I forgot about so much shit. Yeah. And they also say that it usually takes about 180 days for someone to be able to fully revisit trauma they've experienced. Like in cases of rape, that's why it's such a mistake. Like, um, have you seen the show Unbelievable? Um, I've seen, I think, the first three episodes. I just like, I want to sit down and watch it, but it's such it's tough heavy, to watch. And it's just like, I need to be in the right mindset. But basically in the show, like this, the main character gets raped and then they have her start recounting what happened to her like multiple times the day that it happened. And that's just such a mistake because you can't even like physically studies have been done that shown you can't actually recount what happened to you in like good detail until like 180 days later. And trying to like your your brain naturally wants to be like, let's just forget put a lid on that and like put that away somewhere so we don't have to revisit that trauma lasts forever and like you can't get away with that and i hated with that show that she's like oh well she like lied and was reckless as a child and like kind of did her own thing i'm like yeah but still support her who the fuck is gonna lie about being raped like that yeah let's talk about harvey weinstein for a second because that's he was found guilty yeah of some things not all was he um i didn't actually check this was he found um guilty of predatory sexual assault but like his criminal charges he was found not guilty (sighs) so he is serving five to 20 years i think (sighs) not enough who is laughing outside this editing suite also these like poor filmmakers i keep like moving and putting my feet up i feel very bad but like okay yeah harvey weinstein for a second literally like this man what what was there? Ninety allegations against him, I think. Was it ninety? I think ninety it's like almost, allegations. It was like almost every fucking woman in Hollywood. Yeah, and the thing is, people like I read this or I saw this really interesting thing with Seth Rogen, where he talked about the fact that like five years before any of the allegations came out against Harvey Weinstein publicly, like he would um he would be backstage at shows and stuff where Harvey Weinstein was, like uh, award shows and stuff like that, and people would be like um talking and making jokes about the fact that they're like oh yeah harvey's great as long as you don't bring your girlfriend near him or something like like people would make jokes about the fact that harvey weinstein like had basically been a pervert and like tried to get sex in exchange for roles money whatever and that was like a well-known fact to everyone and and then when it came out to the public everyone's like what I just feel like people don't understand, like, the full reality of the problem. So I saw a bombshell in theaters um, with a couple friends, uh, Michael and AJ. Yes. And I remember I was sitting between them. And it's so funny because even though they know what happens, they still don't fully realize, like, what it actually means. And I remember sitting there watching that movie with them. And they're like, holy shit, you go through this? And I'm like, yeah, women fear that's going to happen to them. Oh, like getting sexually assaulted? Or, like, the, just the scene from Bombshell when Mario Robbie has to, like, twirl and, like, pull up her dress. I haven't seen Bombshell. But. Well, there's a scene that he wants to look at her underwear. Um, and I remember sitting next to AJ, and he's just like, that actually happens? And I'm like, yeah. And, like, women fear that'll happen. And then I was, like, out this weekend with Michael, and these two guys, like, flirted with him. They were gay. So I'm pretty sure they were gay. And I, we were driving home, and he's like, he thought they were just, like, friendly. And I'm like, no, they were gay and flirting with you. He's like, what? 
He's like, that's never happened. I never like expect that. And I'm like, yeah, but women do. Yeah, that's like true. that's what women like experience. And yeah. It's so interesting. Like no one understands it. They think, oh, that's just a joke. Like it's nothing serious. But then they see it. And it's like, oh fuck. Yeah, I feel like recently too. It's been a lot on my mind just because at our school there's been a weird, weirdly high number of like, hey, by the way, guy groping people's asses next to Sandu, or like, hey, by the way, flasher going around near the dorms. Like, it's watch out for that. Always reported PSA. like three fucking days late. It's just weird because I'm like, okay. Is this just, is it just me or like is this this, this is not normal? No, like, this year's been worse than others. I think it's just because like the school's expanded and like we're not we're not closed off. Like it's very easy to get on campus. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just I mean you always hear the nightmare stories about like frat parties and stuff that goes down in college. Never like, go to a frat party. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's like you hear all that stuff, but. I don't know. It doesn't really hit you until you like see stuff like that. Like oh, people groped or like the college right like 15 minutes away from us. They had someone get raped in the parking lot last semester, yeah. which is just like horrifying to think about because it's so close to home, you know? Yeah, no. Uh, so last year I was hanging out uh, with my friends at their house. They live down on Grand Street. So it's about it's a mile from Dodge. So like half a mile from main campus if that um and so they talked about it because it was a house full of girls and so we were all sitting on the couch one night and they talked about if they felt safe walking home from main campus and two of them skateboard so they can get by pretty fast but one walks and part of them were like certain times of the night yes but there are definitely certain times they're like this is a little sketchy yeah. Like, it's not that we live in a bad area either. It's just. No, not at all. Late at night, young girls walking home from school on a not so well lit street. Yeah, I used to work at this place that was in downtown of like where I lived. And I would sometimes get off of. So I worked at a Ruby's. And if you've ever been to Ruby's, you know that like um, you have to wear those stupid striped dresses and all that stuff. So, like, it's a uniform. It's kind of like meant to attract people in a weird way but like also not to get those tips yeah it's it's very strange like it's not as as out there as like hooters or anything like that but it's definitely not like appropriate yeah sometimes occasionally here's like it's just like sometimes you'd be walking back you're walking through downtown at like midnight getting off your shift or whatever and it's just like it's scary it is super scary wait hold on say bye to the people one of our uh, lovely people who's filming is headed out the door. I'm going to take a time lapse from outside. Goodbye. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, yeah, no, it's it's so fucked up. And it's just one of those things that's like, what is happening? Yeah, what is happening it's in the world? Like, it's so it's, it's so messed up. It's just like, because like it's, it, girls, like the office is designed for you to get tips, which yeah. is good because the tips are nice, but like that's what it's for. But it's also like, so messed up. Like, look at when you're 21 and you go to bars, look at bartenders, especially females. You'll realize their style is very sexualized. Not overly sexualized, but it's like shorts and like a low cut top. Yeah. It's like you get more tips that way. Uh, yeah. Guys don't have to dress that way. No. Just no. Unfortunate. Well, speaking of horrible things, 
yes, let's, the podcast so let's aptly named. This. Let's get into the murder we that we are talking about today. Minutes. It's been forty five minutes. Let me check. Yeah, it's been like well, we've been recording for like twenty three minutes. Oh my god, we ran That's off. crazy. Which is Did AJ text me a lot more than usually, but you know what? It was a good discussion, so I'm okay with it. Um, but today we have a very interesting episode for you. Um, it is the case of Ira Einhorn. And uh, he is nicknamed the Unicorn Killer. Wait, Ira's the dude's name? Yeah. <laughs> what an unfortunate name, Ira Einhorn. <laughs> I now get the name Unicorn Einhorn. Well, Einhorn means unicorn in German. Oh, my God. So yes. he, he nicknamed himself the Unicorn. Well, like, actually, that was that- his God-given name. <laughs> that was his family name. He just translated it for us. And then Ira was just cruel. <laughs> put on top of that you're asking your son to be a serial killer he's gonna get bullied in high school you're asking for it well that's the thing your he your- was actually like pretty a normal human being like uh, okay let me let me get into this so let me set the stage it's 1970 hey okay. so einhorn is a an activist he like worked in different groups to his big thing was like he wanted to protect the environment he was very into environmentalism he was into hippie culture and like counterculture and big into that movement it's the 70s like we just came out of the 60s and things are crazy right now he nick like i said he nicknamed himself unicorn uh and he was very much like peace and love guys he went to you uh u pen and he actually fun fact um april 22nd 1970 the first earth day he actually was a co-founder of earth day like that we literally celebrate every single year yeah this guy was the co-founder of earth day was his other co-founder normal yeah no killer in him no no killer okay, he's just like a totally normal dude we'll support him not um ira unicorn that's what i'm gonna call him <laughs> ira unicorn. that's what his name is it ira. translates to ira unicorn i'm a unicorn there we go that's so, better He's just totally normal guy, very into flower power, peace and love. It's the seventies. Let's go. Um, and so he's just like living his life, founding Earth Day, <laughs> being, reuse, reuse, recycle, being a, being a normal dude. So that's in like the early nineteen seventies, and then starting in nineteen, uh, starting in like 1970, 1971, he enters into a relationship with this woman named Holly Maddox. So he went to UPenn. She went to this place called Bryn Mawr College, um, which and she was for, like from Texas. So they didn't Ooh, really love a Texas girl. Yeah, um, he lived in Philadelphia. Um, so they were like living together in Philadelphia because, like I said, oh, well, I think I said this. They were dating for like five years. And things oh wait, were pretty, shit, five years. Yeah, they were dating for five years, and things what were like her first name? pretty. Uh, her first name Holly. Yeah. So, just if let's say they'd been married, her name would have been. Holly, what's the German name? Einhorn. Her name would have been Holly Einhorn. Yes. My God, you must have really loved that man. Yeah. <laughs> to be a Holly Einhorn. <laughs> well, they dated for five years. The relationship was normal. There were like signs. They would fight, obviously, like normal couples, but there weren't really any signs of abuse or like anything physically abusive, at least. But there may have been emotional abuse in the relationship. How did it's we hit all the topics certain. in your notes i know in our free conversation like damn yeah i'm kind of like on point i'm shocked by that it's like intercut it throughout (laughs) (laughs) rambling but they're living together they are having a good time um until 
until as these things can never just be like they were having a good time and that's the end of our show today did they take a hike in the woods like our dateline tweet they did not take a hike in the woods actually what happened was holly was like ira i don't want to be in a relationship anymore bye and that was in 1975 she moves to new york for like 18 months and starts a relationship with this guy named saul lapidus she God, really she- has a a way of choosing the the men with the interesting names, <laughs> but she I'm goes sure to New York. Better Saul or Lapidus. Ira? Saul is better than Ira, but Lapidus versus what's the other? What's his last name? Einhorn. Einhorn. Lapidus or Einhorn? Well, considering Einhorn means unicorn, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, but Lapidus is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, like, unicorn as a last name, that's pretty sick. It's Einhorn, not actually unicorn. Well, if you speak German, it's unicorn. How many people speak German? The only German word I know is schnitzel. I know nine. And ni- Yeah, and nine. <laughs> I love that the only thing and whatever I, I learned no. in Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We saw that together. It was... That was my favorite movie of the year, I Ironically, think. you see him eating a unicorn head. Yes, you do. Oh, I love Taika Waititi. He was amazing. He's so and great. The kids in were so cute. You know that kid has never acted in anything before. The kid that plays JoJo. Shit, really? That's his first like thing. He said the only Good other thing him. he played was like tree number three in a school play. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> I played a rose in fifth grade. I have played in middle school. I played some silverware for Beauty and the Beast. Amazing. Oh, uh, and then I did some a uh, waiter, Bugsy Malone. I was a very good-looking waiter. Fantastic. Actually, wore my suspenders. Um, and then I think that was it. Yeah, middle school was three years. That was it. And then you know, high school I didn't really do much. I did like two one-act plays. I played. Um, obviously, the Rose was my clearly my most incredible role. Of course, but I also played. Wait for this. I played Mulan. Damn. (laughs) I know. Problematic. I also played Jasmine. Literally, the play... No offense, but you're like the (laughs) whitest person I know. It says a lot coming from me. The place that I did plays, literally, their taste was the worst... Okay, this is Orange God, County, like Southern California, where we Scarlett did plays. Scarlett Johansson with all of her roles. <laughs> where we Sorry, did plays, there was literally only one. No, 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 there were. It was only white people, entirely white people. My I'm, God, just because this is like, um, you know, it's Orange County. There's not much diversity here. More than Tennessee, which is where I'm from. Well, yeah, okay, that's fair. But maybe, <laughs> maybe there was a little bit of diversity, but it was like 90% white kids who did this like musical theater thing. Yeah, I bet. Yet they choose to do Aladdin and Mulan as the plays. They're classics. They are, but shouldn't they have done something? Like, if they were like, oh, shoot, everyone's white. Maybe we should do like The Little Mermaid. Wicked. All I have to do is paint your face green. <laughs> no, can you imagine how horrible it would be to watch 12-year-olds do Wicked? I was one of those 12-year-olds in elementary school. <laughs> you did Wicked? Like what, eight? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's it's like traumatizing. That's bold for a teacher to be like, I'm going to have my 12-year-old who can barely sing do Wicked. Idina Menzel style. Welcome to Tennessee. That's crazy. My God, it was so fucking weird. Where did you live in Tennessee? I lived in a small town in the southeast of Tennessee, um, about 30 minutes from the border of Georgia called Cleveland. Ah. My friend from Nashville, the 
um, told my ex when I first met her, that is redneck territory. Really? Oh, yeah. You're in the Bible Belt? I'm the buckle of the Bible Belt. That's crazy. From the most religious fucking place in the world. Wow. How did you turn out like you? Um, Childhood trauma led me to <laughs> um, I don't wanting know to laugh rebel. Okay. I have this subconscious desire to rebel, as I found out in therapy freshman year. Ah. So that was fun. The subconscious desire to rebel. I like that. Yes. Explains all the black clothes, the raging lesbian look, as someone called it. <laughs> Which is also mixed with trucker, skater, and laziness. I could never pull off a hat, so I will give you that. For Thank those you. of you who obviously can't see, Reese is wearing a hat, as she does almost every day. I am wearing a Robin hat. Yes. Robin is awesome. And anyone who disagrees can go fuck themselves. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get off my ramblings. Okay, so where did we leave? Okay, yes. Holly Maddox. She breaks up with him. She goes to yes. New York City Sal. to pursue her dreams, right? Yes. She finds this man named Saul. She starts dating him. 18 months later, September 9th. Oh, my God. No, what? that's September 11th. Sorry. I was about to say, <laughs> dude, where are you going with that? September okay. 9th is not an important day. Okay. September 9th, 1997. 1977. What am I saying? She goes I don't back know. To I'm not reading your notes. <laughs> she goes back to Philadelphia and she goes to like get some of her stuff. He had thrown her stuff on the street. Like clearly it was not. Saul? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, Einhorn. Like when ah. they broke up, he like threw her stuff on the street. So That's when she better. went back in 1977 to like get her stuff, um, she goes into his apartment, right? And she never returns. She's she's actually she had only been in New York for I think she was in New York for less than a year only a few months actually not 18 months that's a different thing but yeah she's in New York for a few months she meets a guy named Saul they start dating she goes back to get her stuff from Einhorn's apartment goes in never comes out basically Um, would you like to hear important historical events that happened on September 9th I would all right so let's see let's do the ones Um, Elvis Presley appears on the Ed Sullivan show Oh, Ed Sullivan show. And scandalized audience with his suggestive hip gyrations. Oh, that's so funny. What if they could, like, flash forward and see, like, Juicy by Doja Cat? (laughs) Uh, um, The first bug was discovered on a computer software program in 1945. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say the first bug is discovered. Yes. Like, Um, the first insect. President Truman signing the Defense Production Act... Boo. I don't um, care. Hurricane Donna appears at Miami. Ah, Donna. Um, is 200 Mama miles Mia. wide. Oh, and then five years later, Hurricane Bet- Betsy struck Bahamas and Florida. Dang. It is not a good time for hurricanes. Honestly, no. Um, Let's see. What else? Oh, Attica Prison in New York and seized control of 39 prison guards and staff hostage. They were protesting overcrowding. Here's my favorite. 1998, September 9th. Here's the headline. Viagra available on NHS. On NHS? Following the success in America for the anti-impotence drug Viagra, the NHS, after lengthy negotiations and after the NHS was thinking of placing a temporary ban on Viagra due to the high cost, 
um, has agreed to purchase and subscribe to Viagra. It I'm is just, like a European thing, which is why it sounds weird. I'm just chuckling because in my high school, NHS was the National Honor Society. No, same. <laughs> so I'm just picturing the National Honor Society. It's like, God damn it. Fine. Fine. We'll Ooh. buy Viagra for you guys. Yep. Here we go. Uh, in 2013, 107 years old Monroe... Isidore was killed in a standoff with police in the U.S. state of Arkansas after threatening two people, including his daughter, in his true Pine Bluff home. That fits well, the theme of your true crime. Your true crime. I and wonder if this one's on here. But yeah, September 9th, 1977. She goes in, never comes out. Now, I want to ask you a question. How do you think someone like Ira Einhorn, the unicorn, would kill his wonderful girlfriend who only wanted to pursue her dreams away from him who um i'm gonna go with he Earth balances founder. a machete on the floor and says she fell on it no i don't <laughs> 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 know does he have a horn of some kind i would love him to like stab her with a horn just fit him <laughs> we would not love that but well i'm sorry no i would not love that i would not love that but i feel like it would fit the killer type of a unicorn i see what you mean but unfortunately it's or none trampoline. of those our green love Peace and happiness, flower boy, Ira Einhorn, decided to compost her. Wait, I made a joke about that earlier. You did? No, yeah, I made a joke uh, when I found when you told me he was an earth boy. They're like, oh, he was just trying to just, like save on a fertilizer. Well, yes, he actually, yeah, pretty, when you think about the mechanics of that, it is so disturbing like, it makes me want to recoil into my own body. I'm just like, Ugh. Okay, wait. Is it, like, compost because as, like, you just lay them out to no. rot? Okay, so here's what, what happened. Isn't that what compost is now? You lay your old, your wasted food out to rot? And, well, like, you have, like, soil? a bin. Like, yeah. a, a bin of sorts. And you put, like, your old food and, like, meats. Or not meats. Only, like, plant stuff in there. Yeah. And then it creates, like, a mulch. And then you use that mulch to fertilize your, like, grass. Yeah. So is that not what he did with her? No, no. Okay. So he, okay, here's the thing. I kind of feel like the whole composted thing was more to just like draw headlines because like, ah, Earth Day founder composts girlfriend. But (laughs) I did see like another report which said that she was found partially mummified. So more like intense. Like Egypt mummified? Because here's what happened. Listen to this. This will make you cringe. And like, if right now you're still like, ah, Ira, this is so disturbing. His... Hit me. So he tells people that she went out shopping and he just never saw her again after that. That she went out to buy some tofu and he never saw her after that. Never then, trust someone who eats tofu. <laughs> his alibi comes into question because uh, people start smelling something weird in his apartment. But it's it's dismissed pretty pretty quickly. Well, he is an earth boy. 18 months later. Oh! March 28th, 1979. The police go into his apartment because they realized that's the last place she was found alive and the neighbors had complained of his smell. They go into his apartment and they find that she is in a trunk with styrofoam packing peanuts and air fresheners and she has been decomposing in his closet for 18 months and he just left her there, like her corpse. What was he doing there in that time? He just like wearing he nose gloves all the time? He was just living there. Well, I guess if you live with a smell long enough, you get used to it. Yeah, but just he... Like, day after day, for 18 months, he knew his ex-girlfriend was sitting in a chest in his closet, 
And he just like went about his normal business. Like clearly there was something not right. Well, he did make himself the unicorn. Very true. But this is why he kind of reminds me of Joe from you is because he's like a totally normal guy. But then he gets pissed. Like he, he seems normal on the outside. Then he gets pissed and boom, kills someone. And he has zero remorse about it. Back to those abusive exes. It's just no remorse whatsoever. It's absolutely horrifying. Like, it's one thing to, in the heat of the moment, obviously, like, second-degree murder is wrong and disgusting, but it's a whole nother scenario when you keep that person's body in your house for a year. It was true love. It was horribly messed up, and I just makes me cringe so much. Okay, so, she dated Saul, right? Yes. So, that was 18 months. So, it's like, yeah. what, she came back to him? Then no, no, he no, no, killed no. her? She... The 18 months was for finding her body. She was only in New York for like a couple months. That's Where what she I said earlier. Where she met Saul. And then she came back to To him. get her stuff. Ah. From Ira. That's a long time to leave your stuff with an ex. Yeah, it is. Especially if you're like living together. Yeah. But she she went back and she was just going to get her stuff so she could like move to New York fully. Damn. But then she was, she was a missing person for... 18 months. There's, There's like a, a camera. camera sticking out of our window. Yeah. And it's, oh, we got the creepy smile to go with it. Oh, horrible. Oh, so, oh, he knows it too. Speaking of horrible things. Uh, he looks great though. It's fine. We but, love him. Um, basically, so after the police find the body, they knew right away that it was Holly, obviously, because who else could it be? He should have um, dressed her in Holly. And he said, quote, Einhorn said, you found what you found to the police officers. Like, how creepy is that? And um, his yeah, his eerie. bail was at forty thousand dollars. Um, and he actually got out on bail for literally for well, murder. I'm like, what? I think to pay bail, you only have to pay ten percent. Yeah, of the total that's what bail. happened. He paid so four grand. He paid that's four not too bad in the seventies. Okay, that's a lot of money. Wait, convert that. What is that today? Oh, I have no idea. But there, huh. you want to know how he got out? What's up? So he because he was this big Earth Day flower power man. He was really good friends with a lot of very wealthy socialites and people who were into counterculture who were, like, very popular in the media. So there's a socialite named Phyllis Lambert, basically kind of like a um, less famous Kim Kardashian. Like, I'm trying to think of who's a... Like a Paris Hilton type, you know? Mm -hmm. Where you know her, but you just know her because she's rich. Like, Phyllis Lambert was like that, and, like, she actually paid the bail. Wait, shit. Wow, that was a first. I don't think I've ever sneezed on the podcast before. You know, you covered your mouth. People would have never fucking known. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. Okay, I found I found a money converter. All right. So it was like four grand he paid, right? Yeah. Well, Phyllis Lambert paid it. Socialite. Well, Phyllis is a great... His friend... Calculate? Who... Because he was just friends with all these rich people who literally backed him, like, no matter what. Isn't that crazy? Hey, you know, um, he's charming. So, All right, here we go. So $4,000 in 1970 converts to $26,594.95 in today's currency. Imagine just dropping 30 grand for someone That's who you know murdered his love. girlfriend. No, you know he murdered his girlfriend, and too. And does not care that he did it. Well, that's another thing. Wait, was she his girlfriend? No. She what? was just a friend who supported him because he was Earth Day man. Okay, but that also goes to the question, if your best friend kills someone, would you help hide the body? No! Why would I be... Well, it depends. 
actually. See? Exactly. Here's the thing. Exactly. But not not if to justify best, any of this. Not if my best friend murdered someone because they broke up with them. Then I would well, say, you're no. crazy. Goodbye. No, no, no. We would, I'm talking in terms of dead to me. Spoiler alert. Do you mind if I spoil the show for you? Uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Okay. Into the show, these two best friends, um, Linda Cardini kills uh, Christina Applegate's husband in a car wreck, befriends her, and then Christina Applegate finds out, kicks her out. But the problem was the actual like mastermind behind that who told Linda Cardini not to call the cops that night she hit Christina Applegate's husband was Linda Cardini's husband. Oh. Well, finale, he goes to visit Christina, Christina Applegate, and, you know, he's trespassing, and they're in California. They're in a state where if someone, like an intruder, you can shoot them and, like, legally be fine. Yeah. Like, you still have to go to court and deal with it, but, like, self, self-defense. Um, so she shoots him. Again, he didn't attack her, just trespassing. So she calls Linda Cardini and be like, yeah, I just shot your husband. So now that's the finale of... How do we hide this body? Well, that's well, that's totally different from like doing it for a. I feel like self defense isn't murder. No, but you can still like accidentally murder. I feel like there's a line. Well, yeah, it's like I guess this is not something we should be go, talking about. To go legally, if it was manslaughter, like say you're you're driving and you like fall asleep at the wheel and accidentally hit someone, like yeah, don't drive away. You're an asshole. But you're not evil. But, like, if you murder someone, you're evil. Like, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. I think if, like, you're expecting to kill someone. I'm going to go with, he probably just didn't see her. I was like, I'm going to kill you. He's probably like, I want to kill this person. Yeah. I mean, clearly, like, he had a plan. And clearly, because he didn't own up to it and kept her body in his closet for 18 months, that he wasn't, like, overly remorseful for what yeah. he had done. But, basically, he gets out on bail for around $30,000 in today money. And then in 1981, his trial is about to begin, and he flees to Europe. He goes. He goes to Europe because remember how I said with no he was tradition. friends with a lot of socialites, and so there's these socialites um, called the Bronfman family. They're like super rich because they're in the whiskey business. They sound like mobsters, <laughs> and they're super super rich because like they're in this business and they support him. Because of all the stuff he'd done for environmental causes. So they give him like a private jet to get out of the United States and into Europe. And he also gets financially supported over the coming years by friends of the Bronfman family. Even though they said they believed that he had murdered his ex-girlfriend. They still supported him despite that. Okay. Now that's a line. Don't cross that line. What the fuck? If you know he fucking murdered this poor innocent girl because they got dumped. Like, yeah, we all get mad at our exes for dumping us. Like, fine. We've all been there. But, like, to kill them and stuff them in a trunk, wrap them in packing peanuts and air freshener, and then say, yeah, I'm going to help this poor bastard. What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me either. I feel but, like they should go to jail for um, aiding and abetting a criminal. I mean, they yeah, truly. But you want to... Okay, guess this. Okay. Guess how long he lives in... He actually was in France, but he was in Sweden before that. But guess how long he lives in Europe. 18 months? No. Uh, 20 years. 
little less. 18 years? 17 years. Oh, damn it. Literally. He leaves the United States. He goes from non-extradition country to... They have no idea where he is, right? Because he flew out privately and everything. So he's there for 17 years. He gets married to a woman he met in Sweden named Annika Floden. Literally, who had no idea about his, like life before this he's con- in the states he's convicted for uh basically for being absent for the murder trials uh in 1996 and he's sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole before he's even in the united states um but like, so. in 1997 so like a year after he'd been convicted he was arrested in france and he was living under a false name he was called eugene malone in um, improvement in france yeah truly better um but there was an extradition treaty between france and the united states so the countries were able to review uh refuse extradition to each other when there were certain like circumstances that prevented them from wanting to extradite certain criminals and einhorn knew that and so when he lawyered up their thing wasn't oh, try to plead not guilty to the murder. Their thing was try to go through every single legal route to make sure I can't get extradited back to the United States. Damn. Yeah. It's a lot of fucking work. Like, I get you don't want to go to jail, but come on, man. Well, it wasn't that. It was because he believed that if he went back to the States, he would get sentenced to death. Because he had already... I mean, that was impossible. He already had, like, life in prison, and that was pretty much the extent of his sentence for that yeah, murder. Yeah, but he could be killed in prison. Yeah, and that is should true. Have been. But he, they like, they thought that if he went back to the U.S., he'd get the death penalty. So they, he was thinking, well, even if I get tri- like tried for something in France, it's better than the United States because France doesn't have the death penalty. So he was like, I, I just don't want to get extra. How many basically. states have a death penalty? Not um, many, right? Not, not a, actually. I think more have it than don't have it. I don't think so. Or if they do have it, they like never use it. Well, yeah, because like, but see, like California has the death penalty, but right now we don't use the death penalty because Gavin Newsom put a hold on it. Oh wait, shit, really? Yeah. So like, it exists here. It's just it hasn't happened in a really long time because. All right. Th- oh yeah, thirty states have the death penalty. Yeah. Um, that's actually less than I thought. A total of twenty states, including D.C., have abolished it. And that was from an article that does not have a date, so never mind. But honestly, Einhorn's entire, like, belief that he was going to get the death penalty was completely wrong. Because do you know what an ex post facto law is? You're... Um, I've heard of it. It's basically, like, you can't get tried for... Say, like, today... You can't get tried for something twice. Yeah, like, That's say... That's what got OJ off, right? No, no, no. It's, like, say, um... Say... Today you eat a pop tart, and then tomorrow I'm like, it's illegal to eat pop tarts. I can't try you for uh, the crime of eating a pop tart if you did it before the law was in place. Oh, okay. So like when he was convicted um, of murder in Pennsylvania, uh, like in Pennsylvania, the death penalty was not a thing. So even if he went back now he couldn't be tried again, and he couldn't have the death penalty added on because it would be ex post facto. Okay. To what already happened, but I'm basically, so much. basically, he was like, "I'm just going to use like the European Human Rights Court to try to we like weed. What am I trying to think of? Wriggle my way out of Wiggle? this. Yeah, like he just wanted to get out of this. But basically, well, like you can't blame him. He deserved his time in prison. His twenty year, 
It's what, 17 years? 17 years in prison? No, 17 years in Europe. Did he die in Europe? No. This oh, was, oh, there's this more to the story. Right. After he escaped bail, he was in Europe for 17 years. Then, then he finally got found. And they tried to extradite him. But then he was like, he told um, the European Court of Human... What is it? Court of Human Rights. He was like, hey, I wasn't there and I got convicted and like i wasn't there to present my defense so basically that's a violation of my human rights and they're like you're right so they refused to extradite him um bitch you fled <laughs> they but still bitch, they you have no you have no rights france is like we're not going to send you back to the united states but then why i hate france <laughs> um basically delete that. 35 of the members of congress send a letter to the president of france and are like hey can you please just extradite this man back to us like we damn really need they him. went to congress but yeah, but then the basically uh, France also has separation powers. So even though the president wanted to send him back, he couldn't because he couldn't like order the courts to send him back. Um, but in 1998, in order to make sure that Einhorn would be sent back to Pennsylvania, um, they passed a bill called the Einhorn Law, which <laughs> <laughs> for real, which allowed um, defendants that were convicted uh, while they were absent from trial to request another trial and like basically be tried again. I like like that's a fair law, but like Bastard fled. He gave up his rights to present himself in court when he fled the country on a private jet. Yeah. Like be like be honest. Like you knew what you were doing. You chose not to plead your case. Yeah, it's pretty and ridiculous. Fled, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't there. Yeah, no shit, you left. What'd you expect would happen? Yeah. They'd wait 17 years to find you? I mean, it's pretty ridiculous, but luckily at the end of the day, after that law was passed, they reappealed to France, and it got brought before prime the prime minister of France, um, I believe, and he basically said, okay, fine, we will extradite you back to the United States um and so eventually they put him in imprisonment while they were waiting to extradite him he tried to kill himself while he was in prison um but eventually in 2001 he was extradited to the u.s for a trial that was supposed to take place in 1981 so is the einhorn law in france or the u.s u.s so the u.s has a law called the unicorn law yeah basically <laughs> and oh it's my about god murder. this dude did a lot for the u.s we, he gave us fucking earth day and the unicorn law yeah like he, damn. Th- that's You're why a it's horrible human being but like i never heard damn. about this before like and it's just kind of wild to me that i'm like this is so crazy and then it's a nice law to have if like you genuinely like didn't mean to miss your court date like say you get kidnapped or something sure but um basically when he got back to the united states he did go up for another trial and he claimed that his ex-girlfriend was murdered by cia agents who wanted <laughs> to frame him because of his investigation into psychotronics which like lord knows what that is it's like psychological electronics I, well okay crazy. so tronics are electronics so, so so it had to be like something that fucks with your psychology yeah so basically he said the cia murdered his girlfriend Is he schizophrenic no and 
craziness, it only took the jury two hours to deliberate before they convicted him. On October 17th of 2002, he was put into a life sentence, life in prison without possibility of parole. And he is actually still currently at SCI Laurel Highlands, which is a um, low security prison. But like he's not going anywhere because he's 74 and he is still in prison to this day in in Pennsylvania. But that's like the insane case of this man who literally clearly clearly killed his girlfriend like there's yeah. no doubt about Two it hours in anyone's mind that he killed his girlfriend but then he uses all the messed up parts of our legal system and international relations to flee for 17 years and doesn't get convicted till 2002 when this murder happened in 1977 smart man but also i think that says we need to improve our international relations yeah so i mean thank god that she at least find like holly maddox obviously like is that's like just such a terrible loss to like just be getting your life started and like moving somewhere you really want to be and then someone just takes that all away from you so it's i know like that honestly that's so fucking horrible and just like the disrespect to her body yeah like god so obviously it's it's like deeply tragic but at the same time it's just like it, it really it says a lot like it touches on a lot of different topics and like it's very interesting and it makes I can't believe that I've never heard of it before. Considering this guy's still alive, like this is pretty recent. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, I was three. I was two, one. <laughs> when you were born, a baby. Yeah, I was born in two thousand one. You were one. No, I think I was two. That can't be right. You were born in two thousand one. A year passes. Maybe I was like one and almost two. <laughs> I guess it depends on when your birthday is. Yeah. Like, I was I was three, yeah. Well. Three-ish. Our ages aside, we were babies. <laughs> and this yes. guy, yeah, he's 74 now, so he's still in prison, but totally crazy case. Yeah, it makes me sad because, like, she, it's just, like, it sucks because she, like, had her whole life out of her. And then it's just. How old was she? Stupid-ass unicorn man decides <laughs> to take it away. How, how, wait, what how, just happened? How old was she again? She, I think she was in her, uh, she was in her twenties, but like her early twenties. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Sorry, the mic cut out there for a second, guys. I was saying that Unicorn Man comes in and just takes someone's life away, which is just and then ridiculous I was and stupid. And unicorn Man. But yeah, it's it's a yeah. tragic case, but still, it's, it's got so a lot of free. interesting elements, like the Unicorn Killer. Really, guys, that's the best we can do. God, that's a great killer name. I had one called this guy who killed people who worked on AC units called the the Chiller Killer, and that's my favorite to date. That sounds like a Scooby Doo monster, right? <laughs> they take off his hood, and it's like, wait, Professor Whatever. That's Honestly, the classic yeah, Scooby Doo movie. There, there's the plot for the new Scooby Doo movie coming out. That's who's after him. All right, guys. Well, on that note. <laughs> the Scooby Doo know as we've reached the end of the case. I think it's time to transition into my favorite part of the show. Happy things. <laughs> Happy things. Happy things. We're it, in broadcast journalism. They call this the kicker, guys, because we don't want to end this on a very negative note. So basically, what we're gonna do is just say one good thing that happened in our week this past week, or one good thing that's going to be happening in our I week. Say it's a Monday. <laughs> nothing, ha- nothing good happens on Mondays, or or something that's going to happen, and just kind of like take a minute to appreciate it or tell the people what you have going on in your life that's good. You're gonna need to play some like elevator music until I figure mm-hmm. out something good to say. I can go first. 
please do. Okay. Ready? It's going to take... I'm going to be record fast. One, two, three, four. I already have it. Didn't even need to get to five. <laughs> okay. My thing is actually two things. Um, a, I bought a Harry Styles ticket for a show in Vegas, and I will be front row. Ooh! I know. I literally spent all my money, which is maybe not so much a happy thing, but the yeah, actual going that. to the show is going to be so amazing and like super fun. And the second happy thing is that I'm teeting our school news show this week, and I'm so excited because, like, even though I'm extremely nervous, I'm very excited for the opportunity and, like, um, I don't know, that people think I can do it, I guess. It's just, like, very You fun. can do it. <laughs> it's, it's easier than CSBN. You've done CSBN. Yeah. That's our um, sports broadcast network. But, yeah, it's just very, just like... It, Emma and I met. Yes, it is. I'm very nervous about it, but also excited you got this. at the same time. So I Especially think that'll Brad's be directing. very fun. Yeah, Brad, friend of the show. Okay, do you have something? Oh my god, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. What do I have going on this week? Um, that may not be happening. <laughs> just go through your entire week's weekend. plans. You're like, eh. I guess I can just discuss last week. Uh, oh, I honestly don't know. Like, there's nothing like super great. You're, there's nothing super great? No, nah, it's about normal. I'm excited though. I got my chiropractor tomorrow. Ooh. It's going to be fun. Do you I get to sit on those face. like warm water beds? No. He just does this thing that like loosens up your bags, like sends like electrodes through, kind of loosen it up so he can correct your spine and then I get a massage. Ooh, cool. So you're getting a massage. Yeah, we love that. And then I'm on set this weekend with, a, with um, the old people I used to be on set with. So I get to reconnect with them. That's pretty happy. Yeah. And la- oh, last weekend I was in Vegas. Um, my, I'm like post. You're in post about this. I'm probably gonna repost it. My parents are gonna hear all this and be like, "What the fuck is our daughter doing?" <laughs> uh, so I was in Vegas for uh, Chapman News, which Emma was doing. We had to do a live shot, and I was like, Ooh. "Hey, who's gonna turn down a trip to Vegas?" I should have. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, we went to Goodwill for like That's one awesome. last night because I've been looking for a tie because you know my attire isn't gay enough. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was looking for a tie. So Michael, the guy I was with, bought like this nice blazer, um, and a pink trombone. Trombone, like that the is, instrument. Yes, and it's metal. Like it's not plastic pink. It's real pink. That's crazy. Yeah, he can actually play it. Um, so I got me this nice little fancy vest, and then like this red tie. That's awesome. I don't know when I'm gonna wear it, but I have it for someday soon. For someday soon, honestly. Oh, then I renewed my housing agreement today, so hopefully my roommate and I will stay together. That's awesome, though. Those are happy things. You have some good stuff. <laughs> Massage. <laughs> the rare nice. things. <laughs> well, on that note, guys, I think it's time to end our show. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. If you want to find Horrible Things on a day when it's not Tuesday, you can go ahead and find us on social media at Horrible Things Podcast. If you want to help the podcast out, you can find us at patreon.com slash horrible things or on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and leave a rate and review. But most importantly, guys, thank you so much for listening this week. Honestly, your guys' listens are what make it worth it to do this and be up at 11 p.m. on a Monday to like record something and you guys just make it all worth it with your support and love and I appreciate you guys very very much but I just want to tell you guys to remember that if you're a Swedish woman make sure the man you're marrying isn't wanted for murder in America yeah and for all the women out there don't date men whose names are animals but most importantly guys don't Don't do do horrible horrible things. things